It's episode 99 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show. This podcast provides the tools you need to create your own expression of a healthy ketogenic lifestyle so you can stop obsessing and start living. I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. Now let's get on with the show. This episode, I want to highlight a brand I've been a fan of for a long time that I found fits very well into a ketogenic lifestyle. Fat fudge is a real ingredient performance food. It was originally created as a replacement for the sugar-laden goo packs that were being marketed to athletes for an energy boost. But we, of course, know that fat is a way better source of fuel, and so did Mary, the creator of fat fudge. Instead, she uses ingredients like tahini, grass-fed butter, turmeric, and maca to create a portable snack that provides lasting energy while also being anti-inflammatory and health-improving. I love having a packet of fat fudge before a workout or packing it to take on a hike. It really does give the energy boost you want that is fat-based instead of sugar-based. I always get questions about what to eat before a workout when you don't want to go fasted. This is the answer. Fat fudge has it, no question. To be totally honest, it's been a product I've loved for a long time, but I've been hesitant to share about it here because it does contain a little bit of real food sweetener like honey or coconut nectar, which some think are not keto approved. But the more I've been thinking, I just have really come to decide that it is super important to me to share here real keto-friendly foods that don't contain random crap ingredients or sugar-free sweeteners. They don't cause a blood sugar spike, but also won't keep you stuck on these sweet treats. And that is what fat fudge is. It is not a sweet treat. It is a performance food with just a hint of sweetness to trick your palate. I just see too many women these days relying on processed, quote unquote, keto-friendly foods that are not doing them any favors. So I have made it my mission to provide as many other options as I can for all of us who need these convenience foods, but don't want them to come from processed foods. It will be up to you to decide if this or any of the ones I suggest fit into your own keto framework. At six grams of total carbohydrates per pack, four of them coming from fiber and two coming from natural sugars like honey or coconut nectar, I would bet this will fit nicely into quite a few of your keto lifestyles. All fat fudge products are gluten-free, paleo, keto-friendly, and nut-free. Right now, their current options are original and vegan with more product variations on the way, including even a coffee-free version. The vegan option is dairy-free, so all of you including myself, who are dairy-free keto, have a great option there too. I do have to say, as someone who is extremely sensitive to caffeine, this is one of the ways I can get a little bit of a caffeine boost and not feel jittery or overwhelmed or anxious or any of the things that I normally experience with caffeine consumption. It's just enough without providing massive stimulation. Go help and support this self-funded female-run business and help support this episode of the podcast by heading to seanminer.com slash fatfudge spelled P-H-A-T 
F-U-D-G-E, and use code Sean for 10% off your order. That's seanminer.com slash fatfudge with a P-H, and use the coupon code Sean at checkout for a 10% discount. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back. Thanks as always for joining me on this episode of Keto for Women. We made it to lucky number 99. And we also made it to the last of the best of Keto for Women. Number five is today my five steps to finding your version of keto. Again, something we talk about a lot here on the Keto for Women show, but it doesn't matter how many times I repeat this, I still see women all over, everywhere, following someone else's version of keto, following what some blogger, some other podcaster, their neighbor, their friend has told them they're doing for their keto diet. And our bodies are not remotely similar. So why would we follow something that someone else is doing? Instead, I want to give you the tools that you need to know what works for you. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode coming to you from episode number 63 of The Archives. And I'll be back with you next week for episode 100. And we have another great 100 episodes in store for the Keto for Women show and beyond. I'll see you next week. Now let's find out how to make keto your own version that works for you. Here we go. All right. So The first thing I always do when I do a talk, when I'm on a stage, is to, of course, introduce myself, but not only introduce myself, but share my story. Because, you know, I think we can all agree that when you have someone who's teaching you something new, maybe that you don't know, or from a different perspective, or something like that, it really does help to have kind of like a personal story attached to it. Like someone that's been there, done that, been through the ups and downs, kind of knows some of the stuff you're going through that's working, that's not working. And I think that that's part of the reason why a lot of you identify and and relate and feel me, I guess, in this podcast space is because I do have a story that a lot of you can relate to with just being really sick and not knowing what was going on with my body and gaining some unexplained weight and just being really depressed about that and then having to crawl out of it and just, you know, the whole situation, which I'll share a little bit with you here. Of course, I've shared my story many times now in the 63 episodes that I've done of Keto for Women, but it never hurts to just continue to hear it again. So with my talks, I always provide a few different photos of me from the past, say, five-ish years. The main reason why I share those photos, because first of all, one is when, and maybe I'll post the photos that I'm talking about on my Instagram when this airs. So the day that this airs, go back and look at that date and you will see the pictures I'm talking about because I do think that this is important. So within the past five years, almost exactly, honestly, and five years ago in October was when I competed in my figure competition. So I have a picture of myself that day, super low body fat, super low body weight, (laughs) really fake tan, didn't even look like myself, but, you know, had these six pack and, you know, super ripped arms and blah, blah, blah. Then I post a picture of about a year later when I competed in a Tough Mudder and had gained a little bit of weight back, still pretty small, but fit and whatever. And then there's a photo of me a few years ago when I was really sick and I had gained a lot of weight just from being really ill. 
I was on actually the low carb cruise as a speaker. So this was May two years ago. So about two and a half years ago now. And I was so sick (laughs) that I could barely function on the cruise. Like it was so miserable because I felt terrible. I had no energy. My joints hurt. I just would have to lay on either on the bed or we would go outside and I would lay on the chaise and just sleep because I just couldn't do anything. And I felt terrible. Of course, still had a smile on my face. And then the last picture is me in a hospital bed right before I had my emergency appendectomy and colectomy which like I was just in so much pain. It was just one of the worst experiences and still smile on my face, thumbs up. I know I share these pictures because throughout those pictures in the five years, I was really sick in all of those pictures. So in the picture where I'm smiling and I'm about to do the Tough mutter and I look like fit and strong and ready to go, I was eating like maybe six foods. I was on an autoimmune protocol but even more strict than that because I could not get my autoimmune disease, ulcerative colitis under control, no matter how much medicine I took, no matter how many foods I eliminated. It was painful. I was running in the bathroom multiple times a day. And by multiple, I mean like 10 to 20 times a day. I just couldn't do anything. I was really, really sick. So yeah, I have this look of being fit and strong and healthy, but I'm not. And the same thing goes, I mean, I think if we actually think about it, we know that it's not true. But a lot of us will see someone who has a very low body fat percentage has, you know, muscle tone and six pack abs and whatever as a female, and just kind of for some reason, think that they're healthy. And I was anything but healthy in that picture. Of course, still had a smile on my face, looked the part, but inside, not healthy whatsoever. And then, of course, on the cruise, couldn't tell, but really unhealthy and really sick. And then, of course, obviously, you can tell when I'm in a hospital bed that, yeah, not good. So I think I just like to share that just as a reminder to everyone watching and listening that it's not always sunshine and rainbows when we think it's sunshine and rainbows. Everyone has stuff going on and judging from the outside isn't really the way to go, not the way to do it. If it takes a different body type to get well, that's what it takes. And I don't look like any of the pictures that I have posted of those four right now, but I'm healthy and happy and strong and fit and doing all the things I want to do. So I think it's just kind of a way to show that don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. The outside doesn't always portray the inside, that kind of stuff. So I do always show those pictures and like show a list of everything I've been through over the past few years, which is two autoimmune diseases, ulcerative colitis and Hashimoto's, both of which are now in remission and unmedicated. Chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which I know I've talked about here quite a bit on the show, which was that inflammatory response that I got due to toxic mold exposure in my house. And that led to brain fog, unexplained weight gain, chronic fatigue, joint pain, memory loss, and depression. Those things, of course, all led to having chronically low cortisol. So again, something I've talked about where I had this like flat line, I had absolutely no cortisol. My adrenals were totally tanked, barely making it out uh, through the day, and really had to work to build my adrenals back up over the last few years. That, of course, led to having amenorrhea for three years in my mid-30s when I should be the most fertile, I would think. I was not having a period at all, uh, and it was in 
let's see, pretty much the four pictures I have up here, I don't think any of them did I have a regular menstrual cycle. So of course, I was really sick. That illness led to really low cortisol. That adrenal dysfunction led to hormonal imbalance that then caused amenorrhea, that also caused skin breakouts. And then in addition, just the stress on the body and just everything else I was going through, plus being exposed to the toxic mold led to that leaky gut situation and the food sensitivities I was talking about to where I could only eat like six foods. So it was pretty low. It was a pretty low time over the past five years going through all that. But then as you all know now, I've spent the last, I'd say almost a year really well, better than I ever have been, healthier than I ever have been. And of course, keto was a huge, huge piece of that. But you all know the other things I did, like really trying to make stress relieving techniques part of my everyday practice. I tell everyone I changed my personality. So going from major type A personality to being able to let things go a little easier, I really had to work on that, making sure to get enough sleep, Obviously, getting out of the toxic environment that I was in was huge. Going through that whole protocol to rid my body of those toxins. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I did, but of course, we're here on Keto for Women today. And so we're going to talk about keto, which is, like I mentioned, a huge piece of what I did. Now, because we're talking about how to make this right for you or finding your right version, the very first step is to go from saying keto diet to keto lifestyle. Those are very different. You may not think so, but just when you start saying that, you're not going to probably necessarily go up to your friend and be like, hey, I'm doing the keto lifestyle. <laughs> you're not going to say that. You would say, oh, I'm, I'm trying the keto diet. You'd probably say that. And then you're almost already setting yourself up for like the questions that maybe you don't necessarily want to answer or aren't ready to answer from your skeptical friends, or maybe you're setting yourself up to only think of it as temporary and like, maybe I'm, I'm just going to try the keto diet for 30 days or something like that. Whereas if you just talk about it as a lifestyle, even like subconsciously triggers a different emotion around it and triggers a different thought process around it. So I really think that that's the first step is just don't even say it's a diet anymore. And I mean, I think you hear me quite a bit here on the show refer to it as that and try to stay away from the word diet. And so I have a list of what I think the difference is. So if you're doing the keto diet, you are following someone else's rules, restrictions, calculations, and meals which you know I'm a huge fan of not doing because that's someone else. That's not you. That person doesn't know you. Having that person tell you exactly what to eat, exactly what your macros should be, the foods that you should never, ever eat, that's not you. So following someone else isn't going to do anything for you. When you do that, another thing, you ignore your body's reactions. So when you are following someone else and you're on this diet, you're not looking to see how you are responding unless maybe it's by the scale, which if you listened to last week, you know, is not something I promote, but you aren't really tapping into your body when you are following a diet. You're focusing on one arbitrary goal. So like I said, you may be watching the scale to determine how that's working. And that's the only thing you're looking at or thinking about or caring what changes is that one arbitrary goal instead of really diving into what you want and what you hope to see. You went on a diet, you also have foods on your list that you can't or shouldn't eat. So you have those 
words that I just don't like. Like, that's not allowed, or I can't have that, or man, I shouldn't be eating this. If you're saying those things, even in your head, you're on a diet. And that diet's not probably going to go very well. And it's probably not going to last very long before something gives because simply of those really negative mindset words. And you also may use the terms falling off the wagon, going off plan, having a cheat day. You might use those phrases too, which is another huge sign for me that you are seeing this as a diet, which when you do that, those words lead to binging, yo-yo dieting, up and down and up and down. You're on, you're off, you're on, you're off. And that's a diet because you're on a diet and then you're off a diet. You're on the wagon and off the wagon. There is no wagon. There is no diet because you are on a lifestyle. So when you do the keto lifestyle and you just change your life to be something of a healthier option, here's what happens. First of all, you learn what your body responds to. So you're taking this opportunity to finally tap into your body and see what it does in response to what you do. So if you get into a ketogenic state, how do you feel? Do you feel great? Do you feel tired? Do you feel energized? Do you have a headache? Like what's going on? You start looking at more things. You start becoming more intuitive with what your body is trying to tell you because all of those things are telling you something. Those symptoms, we'll call them, they are telling you, they are signals from your body to change something. So, of course, do I know what to change? No, I don't because I'm not you. I don't know what you just did. So, you know, for me to be like, oh, yeah, if you have a headache, eat more carbs. Like, no, that's quite often not the answer. It might be, but I don't know because I don't know what you're doing. I haven't followed your every move for the last 48 hours. You could just need more water. You could need more sleep. <laughs> Actually, so many times, I'd say 90% of the time, it's those two things. You either, either need water or sleep or both. So, you know, you are just now using those things to learn more about your body. Maybe you thought you had a chronic migraine problem, but really you're just dehydrated chronically, right? But like now we have this information, which is so great. You are also, when on a lifestyle, tapping into your body's cues and adapting. So like I just said, so this is pretty much what I just went over. Those things that you are experiencing, whether you're keto or anything, doesn't matter what lifestyle change you're making. It could be changing your sleep schedule, or it could be changing the times you eat, or how much water, or the amount of coffee you drink. Any change that you make, your body's going to tell you what's going on, how it's working, how it's not working. But now you are in control. You're in the driver's seat to make the changes and figure that out for yourself. So instead of focusing on one arbitrary goal, as we do in a diet with a lifestyle, you are using that to take charge of your health. So of course, we talk about the bigger whys here. So you're finding out those bigger reasons that are health related, most likely, maybe not, they might be changes in your relationships, how you are around your husband or your kids or whatever. So, but you have these much bigger, deeper, more responsible, more effective goals. Besides this one, like a number or a size or a measurement or something like that, there's something bigger going on. And that's what leads this lifestyle change. When you're on a lifestyle, you don't have foods that you can't or shouldn't eat because you have food freedom. And food freedom combines everything we just talked about, which is tapping into your body, using those cues 
to find out what works best for you. So taking that information that you're learning, especially after you eat a certain food or a certain type of macronutrient ratio that you find out does or doesn't work for you, and using that to combine with what you want too. So like if you find out, this is an example, if you find out that when you have a cup of berries as your snack in the middle of the day, you have amazing energy, you feel really good, you're on point for the rest of the night, and you're just happy. That is really good information to know that you do well with berries, that that is something that while some people may say is off limits on a ketogenic diet, you know that you do well with that. It makes you feel really good. So that is food freedom. So when you feel like your body would do well with berries, like when you maybe need a little bit more energy, you're feeling a little sluggish midday or depressed or something like that, you can add those berries and that's your version of keto because you know berries work for you, you feel really good and there you go. So not off limits as somebody may at some point have told you. Now, on the other hand, you could have a cup of berries as your snack and then feel sluggish and like maybe you feel like foggy or you need to take a nap or you just don't have any energy the rest of the day. Well, then, you know, some people are fine with berries on their keto and they post about it and it's great, but not for you and it's not yours. So now you're taking that food freedom and knowing that the berries aren't off limits, but you know how you feel when you eat those. And that may help you make that decision later on if that's right for you or not. So you know every time you have berries, you feel sluggish and you need to go take a nap. Well, then that's probably not going to be something that in your food freedom, you choose that often because you don't feel good afterwards, right? So that's where the food freedom comes in and, and knowing that nothing is off limits. It's just finding those foods that you feel best eating and naturally making those a bigger part of your day or your week or your month or your whole keto lifestyle because that's what works for you. And then as you can see, so we're tapping into our body, we're finding what works for us, we're not paying attention to what everyone else is doing, we're just really learning the foods that do and don't work for us, the cues that our body is giving us, adapting as needed, and then the only thing left to do is go live your life. Because when you're not busy looking at your app, calculating your macros for the day, prepping food all the time that has to be 100% perfect, looking at the blog posts and reading those and the Instagram posts and the podcast telling you exactly what to eat and all that stuff, when you're not doing that, you're going to have a lot more time to just go live your life. And it should hopefully be something that's not really involved around keto or food or anything, you know, maybe it's a new workout class or a hike or going to get coffee with a friend, catching up with your kids, playing games, something like that, that's living a life free of diet obsession. How about we say that? Because it is very real and very much something that you need to start recognizing and doing because I've been there, trust me, I've been there for so long and it's really fun to not be there anymore. And I want that for you too. So as you can see, the thing that takes keto from a diet to a lifestyle is all about you. It's you wanting and realizing the need to make that change, to not go after something 
arbitrary to not go after someone else's meal plans and someone else's macros that may have worked for them, or they may just be lying and just saying that to get you to read their post, who knows, but instead finding what works for you, you making that step, you taking the action, you listening to your body, you taking the time, but then also you letting go and living life. Okay, so that's the difference. And I think right there, you can see what I really want to do and how easy it becomes to find your version of keto when you have made that switch from the diet mentality to the lifestyle mentality. Let me take just a moment in this episode to highlight another brand that is doing it right. You probably all know about my love affair with Primally Pure at this point. I've talked about them on the show before many times, but I just want to give them a shout out once again. Over the past 100 episodes, we've talked about toxicity as a contributor to health issues so much and the importance of detoxifying every facet of your life. Skincare, of course, is one of the biggest areas to consider because our skin is our most absorbent and biggest organ. The good news is that it's also super easy to make the change thanks to Primally Pure. Primally Pure is an all-natural skincare company that uses only certified organic ingredients that can actually be found in nature. No harsh chemicals or additives. It's truly safe skincare. Their product line ranges from deodorant to body butters, cleansing oils to bath soaks, and even a baby line. I'm happy to say I've tried them all, literally every single one except for the baby line, obviously, and they all work fabulously and smell even better. If you've been on the hunt for a natural deodorant, and if you haven't, you should be. This is the last stop on your hunt, I promise. I was on a hunt for a long time. I found Primally Pure. I've been using it every single day for the past six years because it is the only one that actually works. There's lots of different flavors. I prefer alternating between the blue tansy and the charcoal. The charcoal is great for workouts. It's really strong. So I put that on before my workouts. And then the blue tansy just smells like girl. So when I want to smell pretty, I swipe on the blue tansy. This is also the place to go to switch to the oil cleansing method for your face, which you may or may not have heard about. If you haven't, they have a great blog post about it. You can check out. Oil cleansing is yet another thing I switched to years ago and so happy that I have Primally Pure to support me with that. My skin loves their cleansing oils and my tan skin really loves their body butters, which is what I used when I got back from Hawaii. Wanted to keep my Hawaiian tan as long as possible throughout the winter and I put on body butter every single night, put on my robe, let it sink in and it really actually helped. Support this female-owned and operated business and this episode of the podcast by heading to seanminer.com slash primallypure and use the code KETO, the number four women, for 10% off your order. Again, that's seanminer.com slash primallypure and use KETO for women for 10% off your order. So here now are my five steps to finding your version of keto. Number one, find your bigger why. We've talked about this before. We talk about this. We spent a whole week talking about this in the Fat Burning Female Project, but this is something, it's just game changing. When you have that bigger purpose for doing what you're doing, 
as it relates to keto, but also as it relates to your other health goals or lifestyle goals that you're trying to change, anything. You have to keep your eye on the prize. And the prize, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it, the prize is not weight loss. It's not. Find something else. Find something else that is just so important that it will keep you going. Because as I'm sure a lot of you can relate to, the weight loss, first of all, there's a couple different things. It can happen at the beginning and then it stops. It cannot happen at all. You can gain weight. I think there's a ton of variables. There's a ton of different things that can happen with your weight with keto or with any diet change for that matter. But no matter what, it's always going to lead to some negative thoughts, maybe a little bit of disappointment, some confusion, frustration, all these negative things. Whereas when you focus on something bigger, deeper, more important, first of all, that has a larger impact on you and what you're doing and making that lifestyle change instead of getting into that diet space again, but making it a lifestyle you'll notice these improvements a lot more. You'll notice yourself getting closer and closer to these goals. And it's a very positive feeling to notice yourself getting closer to these goals and seeing these improvements when you put your weight on the back seat and start looking at these other things. But then also that is most likely when you will start seeing changes in your body when you stop focusing on it. I see it all the time. I saw it in myself too. So really trying to focus on something greater. So here's a couple ways you can kind of think about your bigger why. How do you want to feel? How do you want to act? How do you want to move? And how do you want to live? So you can answer all those. You can find one that really speaks to you and answer that one, but find an answer to at least one of those and make that your bigger why. So I'll give you some examples. How do you want to feel? Do you want more energy? Do you want to be able to get through, you know, a certain workout at a faster rate or more energized when you're in this workout, something like that? How do you want to act? Do you want to be more kind to your loved ones or maybe have more of a positive vibe? at work or something like that. How do you want to move? Like I mentioned with the hike or something like that, but it could also be, do you want to get stronger? Do you want to be able to lift a certain amount more? Do you want to be able to run around with your grandkids? So that's really important. I think there's a lot of bigger whys that involve family. So that might be somewhere to start. And how do you want to live? Do you want to have enough energy to go walk with a friend instead of having to go home and lay on the couch after work? Do you want to spend your weekends being active instead of having to take a nap like you do now? You know, so just trying to find something that means something to you, that you can see a change in your life when these things happen. So I gave you some not very good suggestions, but now I have even better ones that I pulled directly from the Fat Burning Female Project. So week two, we all talk about our bigger whys, and here are some that came from some actual participants, and some of them might speak to you. To nourish my body through food and allow it to heal. To heal my gut issues that have bothered me for years. 
to get my hormones in check in order to stabilize my moods and stress levels, to end my fight with food, to be healthier and be a great example to my husband, kids, and grandkids too, to be at peace with myself and what I eat, to get rid of chronic inflammation. As a diabetic, I would love to get off insulin and to heal my metabolism. So those are all you can see, you can tell just by hearing those how much deeper that goes than to lose 10 pounds, to lose 30 pounds, to get into my jeans from college. This stuff is really important stuff. And often the underlying issue, of course, to weight loss concerns as well. So let's do that instead. So step one, find your bigger why. Step two, keep a journal. So I think, you know, I'm not a huge fan of blogging your food, especially like with an app or anything like that. But I do think that for a period of time, when you are trying to find something that works for you, I think keeping a journal is really, really awesome. A really good way to learn more about yourself. So this journal is not even necessarily going to show you everything you ate for that day or anything like that. Like definitely not your macros or your calories or anything like that, but it's a journal to kind of log how you feel. So if you notice any changes, if you notice that things are going well, or there's something that isn't going well, you can log your ketone readings, your blood sugar readings, you can log your workouts, your sleep, your digestive stuff, just really looking at everything to notice changes. So if you feel really good, then you can see, okay, these were my ketone readings. This is the workout I did. So you can kind of start seeing patterns of, okay, every time my ketones are in this range, I feel really good and I ate like this. So doing something like this on a regular basis would be a good idea. So you're just gathering information about your body and how it's responding to different things. And then of course, on the opposite end, if something doesn't go well and you have a terrible day and you don't sleep and you're bloated and you don't feel good, then you can kind of look at your ketone readings. You can look at what you ate and your workouts and all that stuff and also start seeing the patterns of when things don't go well, what you have done to possibly eliminate that. So you can get a copy of, it's just a one-page copy of the journal that I would use. If I were you, I created this for you all. It's a daily keto journal. So you can print that out, go to my website, download it, print it out. You can print it for however many days you want to use it, however you want to do it, but it will help you and it's all laid out just for you and it's totally free. So you can go to my website, seanminer.com slash journal and get that. So head over there and it will be available for you to download and you can get going on your daily keto journal. So great. Okay, step three, utilize your ketone readings. So I showed this, I believe, on Instagram and Facebook. So on my social medias back in June. And basically what I showed was I took a test, a ketone reading before I ate. So it was a 1.8 on my blood ketone reading, which we know uh, typical nutritional ketosis is 0.5 to 3.0. So I was kind of where I usually am about in the mid ones. (laughs) So I was at 1.8. And then I ate a meal that included about a cup of sweet potatoes, some roasted sweet potatoes. And so I was testing that meal, including that larger level of carbohydrates to see how my body responded. And so then I waited two hours 
and I retested my ketones and I was at 1.3. So then that shows me that my body does well, does totally fine with a cup of sweet potatoes. So that is something that I can now put into my version of keto that works for me when I feel like it, when I want it, when my body's telling me carbs would be good. So I know that it's not going to kick me out of ketosis. My body's just fine. Blood sugar stays normal. I'm cool. Now, of course, you may do that experiment and it may not work for you. Maybe your body responds differently to sweet potatoes than my body does. So that's just information for you. But you can do this with any particular food. And that would also be something to perhaps track in your journal. But You can try some fruit. You can try even extra protein, less fat. If you're kind of trying to figure out your macros that really work to keep you in ketosis and make you feel really good. If you want to start lowering the fat a little bit now that you're in ketosis and increasing protein or increasing carbs or something like that, these are all things that you can test for yourself. So this is where it becomes really nice to not have to rely on someone else's macros because you have the power to learn for yourself what works for you. That's really huge. So do this. It's kind of a fun experiment. You can use your own body as a little science experiment. Another thing is if you're kind of trying to figure out that area where you do really well. So you can spend a few days eating, say, like reducing your fat by, you know, a few servings or whatever you do, increasing your protein by a serving or something like that, and do that for a few days and then test your ketones and see if you're still in ketosis. So that would be the way to know if a certain macronutrient ratio works for you is to wait a few days if you're trying to find something to do long term. If you're just looking to see how a certain food does for you on occasion, then you just can do that one time, test, eat, then wait a couple hours and test again. And that will show you how your body did with that particular food. So I think that's a really fun thing that you can do to find your version of keto. And that really helps. Like it helped me so much to know that sweet potatoes are really a good thing for me to add to my keto lifestyle. And so it's great. So whenever I feel like those sweet potatoes look good, I have some and I'm cool with it. Step four. Break up with tracking, apps, and calculating. So obviously, this is something I've kind of been alluding to this entire podcast, but also this entire Keto for Women show 63 episodes, because I really think that a lot of great things can happen for you and learning about your body and listening to your body and finding food freedom and using your intuitive eating skills when you break up with your app. And when you break up with your tracking and when you break up with your macro calculations and your calorie calculations and all these calculating that we do with our food, not only is it taking away from, I think, other pleasures in life, but I think also it's keeping you from being able to get into this lifestyle, get into this as something you're doing for the long term, because long term, you're not going to use an app every single time you eat, and you shouldn't be. So instead of using an app, I think if you kind of need to take a step away and kind of need to try to learn to let go of that, I think the best way is to build a plate of food. So build your perfect plate of food that you know works really well for your body and keeps you in ketosis and makes you feel really good. And then just take a mental snapshot or actually use your phone and take a picture. If you're like me and you take pictures of all your food 
and just continue to go back to that. Just continue to build a plate that looks like that. Now, it's not going to be the same foods every single time because that would be really boring. But a third of your plate is a big pile of veggies. And then a third of your plate is extra fats that you put on your veggies and your meat. And then you have a chunk of protein this big. Then that's kind of your anchor. Use that as your anchor and continue to go back to that if you feel yourself kind of veering away. But when you can use that mental picture as your anchor instead of an app on your phone, it makes a huge difference. And of course, you have a lot of wiggle room within that anchor. You have the ability to change things up and veer occasionally or as much as you want. But just remember that that anchor is there for a reason and you can go back to it. Not only are you using that anchor plate, but you're also using your journal and you're using the ketone readings and you're using this other stuff we just talked about that's helping you tap into your body and what your body does best with. And it just makes such a big difference when you actually make that connection with yourself instead of searching for this outside thing. Like that's what we really need to do here. So the app is an outside thing. The macro calculator is an outside thing. But when you're using a journal, you're focusing on what you feel like. How was my digestion today? How was my energy? Did I have a headache? Did I drink enough water? Like all this stuff that you're thinking about that is focused on you and how you feel. And that's really the best way to start this new sense of attachment to yourself and detachment from these other tools you're trying to currently use that aren't your body. And just please remember, I say this all the time, but I need to keep saying it. Food is not a math equation. It is nourishment for our bodies and nutrients to stay strong and healthy and alive (laughs) and pleasure. You should enjoy what you eat as well. It is a pleasurable experience. Let's just get back to that. Let's take out that math equation. And step five, enjoy your keto lifestyle and thrive. So like I mentioned, when we we're kind of talking about the difference between it being a diet and a lifestyle, I cannot even explain the amount of freedom that you can feel when you do make this change, the things that I just talked about, and when you do find what actually works for you, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have to follow XYZ plan or read all these blog posts that change every day because new stuff comes out or whatever. I can just focus on me and I can just do what I know feels good for my body And I can keep connecting with my bigger why and getting closer to that and also seeing all these other benefits that are happening to my body when I'm focusing on the right things and just live life. There's so much more going on that you now have access to enjoy because you're not so focused on this one thing, which I know I talked about a few episodes ago in the signs you're keeling too hard, which was a big hit. I had no idea at the time it would be, but I guess we all needed to hear those those words. But I'm telling you again, it's time. If you're not currently breaking free from the diet mentality and living the keto life, it's time. Time to do it now. Use these steps. Get your keto journal. Become part of a fat-burning female project. Everything that we just talked about here today, this is what we do in the project we're just doing it all together in a group. You're learning what works for you after you get into ketosis. So I'm making sure you're in ketosis safely. And then this is what we do. And it makes a huge difference. So this is what I want for you. 
you can enjoy life, but you can also enjoy a keto lifestyle, which is, yeah, I'm keto and I'm eat high fat, low carb, but I know the foods that I can enjoy. I know what works for me. I know what doesn't. I know those foods that don't make me feel good at all. And so that's how you know where to go and what your plate looks like and what your keto looks like and the foods that are or are not on your keto list based on how they make you feel. It's really that easy. Okay, so just really quick, just to sum everything up, we're going to go through some of my keto lifestyle tips, which are just basically the things I just went over. I'm just kind of reminding you. Number one, always go back to your bigger why. So the second things start getting a little diety in your head, go back to your bigger why. It happens to me. Don't worry. It happens to all of us. No big deal. We start getting into this little weird zone because we've spent our entire lives there practically. But go back to that bigger why, and it will remind you what you're actually trying to do. Number two, know that keto perfection does not exist. You will never be keto perfect because there's no such thing. So don't try to be keto perfect. Just try to be in the right space for you most of the time. How about that? Makes it a little less daunting, right? When it's just you're doing the best for you with what works for you and for your body because you've learned all that. And you don't need to be perfect. It doesn't exist. Number three, every day does not need to look exactly the same. So you're going to actually live a lifestyle. Then living a lifestyle doesn't mean eating the exact same foods every single day. Like that's weird, right? That's not normal. That's more of a diet mentality. And trust me, again, I did it for years. I ate the same thing because I was on this bodybuilder diet and it was the same foods for years. But that's not really how things should be, especially if we want to get these nice, really good nutrient-dense foods in, then you have to mix it up. And that's really important. So if you're using a macro calculator or an app to track your food or whatever, then you are trying to get as close to the same every single day. And that's just not real life. That's not how it works. Some days you're going to eat way more food. Some days you're going to eat way less food. Some days you're going to eat way more fat. Some days you're going to eat way less fat. More protein, less protein, more carbs, less carbs. Every day can be so different. And that's the beauty about this as a lifestyle is that we don't have to follow a particular pattern every single day. It's just life. And sometimes you work out hard and you get really hungry like me and you just eat a ton of food in one day. And then other days you don't work out and you're not nearly as hungry. So you just eat when your body tells you to eat. It's really great. Number four, if you get bumped out of ketosis, don't freak out. So if in this process, when you're trying to find the foods that work for you, say you want to try the sweet potato experiment like I did, and it doesn't work, and it gets you out of ketosis, don't worry. It's okay. You're not like no longer a fat burner. (laughs) It's fine. You're just going to take a little bit of time. You'll probably be back in ketosis within the day, I'd say within the next 24 hours or so. So nothing to freak out about. You're just, again, finding what works for your body. And when it's a lifestyle, you have all the time in the world to get back into ketosis. So no need to freak out. Number five, if you're feeling restricted or having cravings or feeling like you're going to binge, something needs to change. So if you start getting these feelings of, you know, like you need 
sugar or a sweet treat or dessert all the time or whatever, or you start having these moments of binging, or you start feeling like, man, I really would love to have XYZ, but I can't. Again, we're back in that diet mentality. So again, go to the bigger why, do all these things we just talk about, but then also change something. So you might need to eat more food. A lot of times, if you just eat more food, those feelings of binging and restriction and all that stuff really go away. If you're just fully nourishing your body. Maybe you need more fat. Maybe you're not actually in ketosis. Maybe you need to just go find something else that you find pleasurable. Maybe you haven't been doing enough for you, like self-care or going to meet with friends, you know, doing stuff that makes you happy. So change something. That's all that that means if you have those feelings again. Okay, we made it through. All of that was my talk at KetoCon. I hope that that all helped and made sense. Like I said, I know it's review for a lot of you. Something we do talk about quite often here on Keto for Women, but I really don't think it can be stated enough because based on the questions and just requests I get from you all, there's still a lot of people out there that can't get past that diet mentality. And that's what we need to do first and foremost to really make keto work for us. So that's why I'm here. I'm going to keep plugging away at it. All right. So that will do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you have someone who is in the keto space that may be just like dieting to diet and kind of stuck in that mentality, please share this with them. Please make sure they know that there is a resource, there is a way to do things a little differently and maybe see some different kinds of changes and learn a little bit more about their body. So of course, I always love it when you share these episodes. It means so much to me because we can just help that many more women when we do so. All right. Take care, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.